Hello, and thanks for tuning in. My name is Bianca Grover, and this is the Fit Not Fad podcast. I'm an exercise physiologist and personal trainer, and to me, health and fitness is a passion. I always enjoy learning new things about my field, and I especially enjoy educating others, which is the point of this podcast. Not everyone has a background in exercise, and that's fine, but that makes it easy to believe false fitness information, and there's a lot of it out there. So what better way to begin than to debunk some fitness myths? In this episode, I'll go over six fitness myths I've heard and lay out some facts on what's really happening. And here's a quick overlook of what we're going to talk about today. Turn fat into muscle, spot reduction, quick results, workout frequency, I don't want to get big, and stretching doesn't matter. To begin, we're going to talk about turning fat into muscle. This is probably the silliest thing on the list, but I've heard so many people talk about turning fat into muscle through exercise. What's sad is that I've even heard some personal trainers tell their clients that they can turn their fat into muscle if they lift heavy and frequently. Well, you cannot turn fat into muscle. Why? They are two completely separate types of tissues in the body with different roles and uses. Both necessary, let me add that. Our muscles are responsible for getting us moving, they produce body heat, provide protection to our internal organs, you know, just in case we get injured, we're in a car crash, there's more layers to go through in order to injure our organs. Based on the type of muscle, they even control breathing, digestion, urination, vision, even our heartbeats are controlled by a muscle, the heart. They're pretty busy little things. On the other hand, fat or adipose tissue, not so busy, but just as necessary to the body, despite what some people might say. Fat provides insulation to the body, cushion, and stores energy to be used by body organs. Regular exercise and a change in diet can lead to decreasing the size of your fat cells. Your fat cells are like little storage containers. When we lose weight, we basically shrink them, and the lipids get released into the bloodstream to be further broken down, which leads us into the next myth. Spot reduction. Unfortunately, spot reduction does not work. What is spot reduction though? Well, let's say you want to lose some of the extra weight you carry on your arms. You start doing bicep curls and tricep extensions like a crazy person. You wave your hands and flap your arms, but you just cannot seem to shave off that extra fat. It's because spot reduction is not a thing. We cannot command our bodies where to lose the extra weight from. If that were the case, things would be very different for all of us. Here's another thing, but you probably already know this. You cannot dictate where your body carries the extra weight either. It is genetic and hereditary, and based on where that weight goes, you might be at a higher risk of developing cardiovascular disease. Just look at your family history. Do you have anybody in your family who has cardiovascular disease? Does your mom carry her weight around her hips, around her stomach? That's some interesting things to look at and we probably will in a different episode. But let's get back to spot reduction. Is there anything you can do to lose weight or prevent weight gain then if spot reduction doesn't work? Well, you already know this one too. 
you must exercise regularly and have a healthy diet. Make sure you don't just hit the same muscle groups over and over again. Try and maybe engage multiple muscle groups within one exercise. For example, you can do a squat with an overhead press. You can do a reverse lunge with uh, some rows. Just get creative. Hydrate yourself, control your sodium intake, and watch your sugars. Also, remember that results, especially when it comes to weight loss and muscle building, don't just happen overnight. And that is actually what we're going to talk about next. Quick results. There's so much we could talk about on this topic. But generally, quick results are not a thing. Of course, success depends on many factors. For example, is the goal even attainable? What is the timeline we're looking at? What are the goals? How do you even measure success? Every new year comes with New Year's resolutions, but not many of them make it. In fact, about 80% of them don't even make it past the first two weeks. That's crazy. But it's because some of these goals are not even realistic. People want quick results, a quick change, but not much work goes into it. Health and fitness changes take a little bit of time and work and a whole lot of dedication because they are absolutely worth it. Don't expect to get significantly stronger after just two weeks of lifting or expect your VO2 max to move from average to excellent after one month of training. Our bodies are amazing and complex, but they need quite a bit of time, practice, and resources to make that magic happen. The three best things you can do for yourself and your goals are to be realistic, consistent, and dedicated. You define your why. You decide how important it is to lose those 10 extra pounds. Speaking of consistency and training, I realize that many people have this misconception about working out and you've probably heard it too. Working out once a week is enough to lose weight and build muscle as long as it's very intense. No, that's not how it works. The American College of Sports Medicine, or ACSM, and the CDC actually, recommend all healthy adults between the ages of 18 and 65 to participate in moderate intensity aerobic physical activity for a minimum of 30 minutes on five days per week or vigorous intensity aerobic activity for a minimum of 20 minutes on three days of the week. Every adult should perform activities that maintain or increase muscular strength and endurance for a minimum of two days a week. A good way to follow the guidelines is to shoot for 150 minutes of moderate to vigorous cardio a week and at least two days of the week for resistance training and that should target all major muscle groups like I mentioned before. Well no worries, doing a full body workout twice a week will not get you ripped like some believe about the next myth. Some people believe that casually lifting weights will make you bulky and noticeably bigger and I'm embarrassed to admit that I used to believe that when I was in high school. I ran track in high school and naturally, our coach also had us weight lift twice a week for obvious reasons. I say obvious now because I understand how important it is to incorporate resistance training into our lives, especially as athletes. But back then, I was just a girl who did not want to have massive arms. <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous and it is, 
But that's why I think it's important to educate young athletes and non-athletes that lifting is actually recommended, but you won't turn into the Hulk overnight. Not everyone is a bodybuilder and bodybuilding is not exactly a walk in the park. Bodybuilders lift more often than twice a week, kids. You know what else bodybuilders do? They stretch. Stretching is useful and not a waste of time. Yes, this brings us to our sixth and final fitness myth. It saddens me to see how many people skip stretching at the gym before and after they work out. Some deem stretching as boring, long, a waste of time, pointless, but it's the opposite. Stretching is very good for your muscles and you should never skip it. You should especially stretch if you lift heavy or you're about to run long distance. Not only does it help you get warmed up and ready to go, but it prevents injury through expanding your muscle fibers. Your flexibility increases when you stretch. Flexible muscles are healthy, strong muscles. Your muscles will be able to take on more weight without injury and you'll be able to perform your exercises through the full range of motion, which by the way is what you want if you want to have a quality workout. Not only that, but stretching and keeping your muscles flexible and strong will allow you to age gracefully and functionally. You'll be less likely to be in a crazy amount of pain as you age. Maybe your grandparents are going through that right now, I don't know. So, you see, it's so easy for misinformation to spread nowadays. I believe we need better health and fitness education programs in our communities, especially for middle-aged and high school-aged kids. You know, start early, build a good base so people understand growing up, these are the things I should be looking for, these are the things I should be doing in order to stay healthy and fit. Exercise science is a relatively new field to study, but it has some amazing potential in disease and injury prevention. I hope you learned something new today and I'm excited for our next episode. We'll cover the basics of starting an exercise program, setting goals, components of fitness, and workout equipment. Stay tuned, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend or a family member.